1: Welcome into Crown Corner as we get you ready for Toronto FC. Will Pelagic, Jessica Traumann here with you as we get you ready for match day number six of the season for Charlotte FC. Sitting at one win, three losses, and a draw after last week's one-one result against New York Red Bulls. A little bit of business to tidy up from what happened last week, Jess. We did see the uh, the Disco Committee, uh, or at least the Disciplinary Committee, I should say, Disco as for short, has suspended Brent Bronico one game for his challenge in the twenty-third minute against. New York Red Bulls. It was a studs-up challenge. Uh, It's a tough break for me because I think he wasn't really trying to make that challenge, but they don't like to legislate intent. They just legislate the action, and unfortunately, the action is an illegal one. And uh, I think for Charlotte FC's perspective, it's lucky it wasn't more.
0: Yeah, I think it's one of those where, unfortunately, Brian Bronico could be the nicest guy in the world and he's not trying to hurt anybody. But it doesn't matter if you're not trying to hurt anybody. You can still hurt people with those sorts of challenges. It's reckless. You've gone in pretty high. When you look at the replay, it's above the shin. And any time you're going in for that, it's always going to get a red card. And I think that's what's shocking, honestly, is the fact that the referee on the field didn't even see it to be a yellow card challenge. VAR didn't look at it. This is where you see issues with the refereeing. I would have been okay with an on-the-field ref a red. It's frustrating when it has to go back and look at it, but there are a few other challenges flying in there. So we'll take the one-game ban for Brian Bronico and think we ran away a little bit with our tail between our legs.
1: Well, it's funny. Uh, you mentioned that that there were a lot of other challenges. It seemed like the instant replay uh, on Apple with Andrew Weeby and uh, Christina Uncle. They spent uh, almost half their time on our game with with four separate plays that got looked at two aside. One that I keep coming back to that I thought was that we were also very lucky with was Derek Jones, his aerial challenge that involved an elbow to the head. I know that's been a point of emphasis over the past couple of seasons. I'm surprised that one wasn't whistled as well. And like I said, I think we can consider ourselves fortunate off of that.
0: Yeah. And I was what the minute I started watching the MLS wrap up show and saw Christine, her uncle spending so much time talking about Charlotte FC, I was a little nervous, would it be that we might get an email this week about some uh, post post game decisions. And I think like we say, Iran's going to be a huge, huge miss in terms of reshuffling the midfield, but it could have been a lot worse if we'd have had multiple players suspended after having a look at those challenges.
1: Second consecutive week without Ashley Westwood training, unfortunately, for Charlotte, and uh, he was listed as out on the injury report that was published today by the club. Uh, bill Tuiloma has been in training over the last couple of days, and he's listed as questionable, so hopefully a big bill can make it back in the line. that definitely make a big difference in Charlotte FC's back line, but focusing on the midfield spot for a second with both Bronico and Westwood deemed out, it uh, looks like Nuno Santos is probably going to get himself a start. Who do you look for in that other Midfield spot, if in fact they are going to still play that flat four three three, or do you feel like Latanzio maybe goes back to uh, a central attacking midfielder with uh, two double pivots?
0: It's hard to tell what Latanzio is going to do just because he is missing so much strength from that squad. In terms of when we talked about our midfield being a strong point at the start of the season, that strong point obviously included Bram Bronico and of course it included Ashley Westwood. So that's a tough break in terms of the players and personnel that you're losing in the midfield. Ben Bender was a player that got off, off the bench, of course, in our last draw. So perhaps he's someone that you're looking at. I love the way Nuno Santos plays. I think it's good that he's going to get a second opportunity to really shine in terms of his vision, in terms of his distribution. Look, Ben Bender's a fan favourite. And I completely understand why that. We all love Ben Bender and the attitude he shows. He looked very good against Crown Legacy. And that's going to be an area where we're able to develop Benny B a little bit more. But he's going to have to bring his A game if he's going to play against a very physical Toronto side. I will say we made several comments about the fact that Ben Bender looked like he'd been in the weight room. Quite frankly, he looked stronger in possession. So if it's Ben Bender's time to shine, we're going to need to see the best out of Ben.
1: And uh, we had a chance to catch up with Ben uh, earlier this week. If you missed that, it's on the Crown Corner feed uh, below this podcast. And he had mentioned that that he did get in the weight room over the course of the summer and, and said that the physicality of the center backs is something that very much surprised him. But, you know, he's made the alterations. He thinks he's got quality in the final third. And Quite honestly, I feel like that's also something we've kind of been lacking from the center backs, I'm I, I mean, not from the center backs, from the midfield, I should say. When it comes to guys who can pull the trigger, I know that there were a couple of options in the box uh, against New York and even also against Orlando where we felt maybe there was a, a little bit of tentativeness again in the box. I know there was one from Bronico and uh, one earlier in the season from Westwood. So I think wondering about whether or not there is a midfielder out there that isn't afraid to take a strike, I think Ben certainly checks that box for me.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think you're right. You need a willingness to shoot, a fearlessness to take opportunities and a bit of selfishness in you as well. We've talked a lot about players being a little too selfless at times and you want it to be a team game. But if you have a better look, you want to be able to take that look. Another person that's played in midfield, of course, has been Andre Shinyashiki. He's a player that's not afraid to shoot, but I'm not sure midfield is strong point. And then Karis Federsky coming back from international duty. So you have options. But I think who you go with depends on whether Latanzio is thinking of switching up the shape or whether he's going to try and fit players into the formation that he's been enjoying so far this season.
1: Yeah, you mentioned Latanzio's words on uh, Carol Sviderski. He said that Carol got back, uh, didn't get back in time to be at the visible portion of Wednesday training, but uh, he is back in market now with a couple of days in advance of Charlotte FC's match in Toronto. They did say he will make the trip. My question to you is, Jess, after a 45-minute effort on Friday and then the effort that got him the goal on Monday, uh, how quickly do you insert Carol Svodersky in the lineup? And there's also the thought of Vinicius Mello as well. I mean, there's a, a lot of guys who are making a bid. That That's the intriguing part about kind of the front line of this Charlotte FC squad is that there is a lot of depth there and there are a lot of options. It's just a matter of how Christian Latanzio. Uh, tries to employ them, whether again goes with the three up top or tries to go with that four with the uh, with central attacking midfielder. It, it leaves them with a lot of room to kind of be scrutinized and criticized, and also possibly praised if Watsons presses the right buttons.
0: Yeah, it's a really tough decision. And when you look at those players in terms of Melo in terms of Spiderski, they both have enjoyed playing in a two man forward system in terms of a front two. You look at the success that Karis Spiderski had uh, for the Polish national team, and that's how he played alongside. Lewandowski, of course. So it's a, it's a tough one when it comes to getting them in. How quick you want to get them in? You want to be smart. A player like Vinny Mello that's coming off an injury that was a re-injured injury and having to have surgery again on the same thing. You don't want to rush him back because you want to protect him at this point. Now that he's finally been able to make his debut, but at the same time, you have him on your roster for a reason, and that's to feature. So I think you have to find that balance with Vinny Mello of letting him kind of get thrown in and get those minutes without. Causing any sort of re injury because I don't think it would be fair on him to throw him in the deep end, give him 90 minutes and, and see him struggle. Karis Widerski, it's a lot of travel, obviously, with the change in time zones. That's difficult. And then moving up to Canada. But at the end of the day, he's one of your designated players. And if he's ready to go and if he's feeling comfortable, you want to see him get minutes. But as so many people are debating right now, what is Karis Widerski's best position and where does he fit in this team? And when you've seen Vinnie Mello come off the bench and look very good at right wing, who would you go off or who would you go with based on the way that they have played so far in that position? I would pick Melo over Svodersky right now in that right wing position.
1: I would too. And, and that's the part of it. Again, we don't necessarily know, uh, what Vinny Mello's fitness level is, other than the fact that you know he played those minutes uh, coming in around the 25-minute the mark, basically, is what he played in the matchup against New York Red Bulls, and he had 65 minutes played in the Crown Legacy match week prior, but again, that's at the MLS Next Pro level. I'm not trying to equate those two things, but fitness is fitness at the end of the day, and I'm, I'm wondering... You know whether or not you want to kind of take the, the training wheels off, pardon the pun, because I do feel like there is a reticence with how much Vinny Mello has had to come back from and wanting to make sure that you get the most out of him. But at the same time, you also don't want to maybe him when he can actually help the squad. And I think we did see something different from him than you were getting from McKenzie Gaines or whoever that else was. I guess my other question, too, is it, it's not just about the one Polishman, Karol Sviderski, but the Camille Jozwiak situation because he's somebody who I know that he's – probably more of an outside kind of guy when it comes to possibly playing in a wing back. I'm not saying that he's necessarily a candidate for the midfield, but he's somebody who has unfortunately fallen out of favor from the starting lineup perspective, and and he's trying to figure out a way to get himself back in the lineup. And I know one of the things that you said, Jess, is that he was kind of hard done by when he had his benching after Atlanta because I felt like he had had a two-game stretch where he actually had played pretty well.
0: Yeah, it's really tough on Kamil Josviak, honestly, because I get the frustrations with him. Again, he has that DP price tag on him. You expect more from him in terms of his stat sheet, but in terms of his work rate and what he brought to the team over those three first games where it was a bit of a war, you needed that scrappiness of Josviak. and there's a good clip of him even against um, Red Bulls, where he comes in when the ball's thrown at Enzo Capetti by Mr. Longhead Blondie, and he steps up for his teammate. And I think you need someone like that on your squad sometimes that's able to be a bit nasty. We're missing that physicality from Ashley Westwood. We're missing that physicality from Brant Bronico. Where is that nasty streak going to come from uh, on Saturday? And that's the sort of game where I'm thinking... You start to look at Josviak as the guy that's gonna be able to fly into a few challenges, put the shoulder on someone, body check them a little bit, because he does have that pitbull mentality and the understanding of defense in his role. Because as you alluded to, Will, he has that experience playing as a wing back, at least for the Polish national team.
1: And we'll see whether or not uh, he factors in this weekend against Toronto it's a side that Charlotte FC struggled with last year I know Michael Bradley had a a worldy type game against them uh, in the return game last year and uh, the opening contest this year uh, didn't exactly look fruitful that was the uh, that was the debut of Lorenzo Insigne and also with Bernadeschi involved Bernadeschi involved in this one Lorenzo Insigne has been out since week one with an injury so that could be a break for Charlotte FC there but uh, Toronto struggling to pick up points very much like New York Red Bulls, but not doing so with a lack of defense. Uh, they played very good defense last weekend and really kind of found something, even though the, the draw that they played, that the scoreless draw, did not necessarily have the most uh, ever-present uh, inspiring moments when it came from an offensive standpoint. But this is a squad that still has a lot of quality in them.
0: I'm not going to lie to you, Willie P. I regretted staying up to watch their last game. That was a snooze. That was a snooze fest, that nil-nil draw. But Toronto's a side that stereotypically has been terrible defensively, but they seem to have cleaned things up at least this year. Obviously, they've got Johnson in there, a fantastic goalkeeper as well, and they've kept two clean sheets in a row. Uh, We haven't scored too many goals, so it's going to be a struggle playing against a very sturdy defence. We had to do that against the Red Bulls. We're going to need to be even better in front of net this time and create opportunities of our own. I think this is very much a beatable game. You look at Toronto last season coming second bottom in the Eastern Conference. We were the only team, by the way, that they were able to sweep in the whole year. And I think that puts a bit of chip on your shoulder. When you give a team that only has nine wins on the entire season, two wins, you want to come out of this one and set a statement and show that you've learned from those mistakes? Because we don't want to be a side again giving points to Toronto when they only have that one win on the season so far.
1: And something that I want to refer- reference this stat from Vaughn Pullman, uh, who did this on the, on the QC Royals uh, podcast, uh, 15 wins, four losses, and six draws through five weeks. Those are the opponent's records combined, The uh, crowned play. That's the best record of any opposing opponents in the toughest schedule to start the season for Charlotte FC. The opponents in the month of April, it's Toronto, Real Salt Lake, uh, Colorado Rapids, Columbus Crew, and D.C. United. 5, 12, and 7 with uh, an eleven, a minus 11 goal differential. So uh, those teams, if you look at their form, not necessarily playing as well as the teams that we've played. Not to say that our own form is something you'd look at and be proud of, but you mentioned there's opportunity there and it begins this weekend against Toronto.
0: 100% it does, but at the end there, as we learned last season... Can't guarantee points against anybody if we don't put in our own game. It's going to be about switching on. It's going to be about not taking anything for granted. And as we've mentioned many a time, haven't had any success in Canada so far. So I think mm. switching on that mentality, understanding what you have to do away from home. And I will say coming off of a last win away from home against Orlando, that builds you from confidence. You know, this is a side in Charlotte FC that hadn't managed to get consecutive points on the road across road games. So this is a time to really set a statement, break that sort of, Uh, curse that you had on you with away games last year and really growing confidence because I think the building blocks are coming, but we really need to go in a strong this weekend.
1: I mean, that first half against Orlando is one of the best road halves we've seen them play, and especially one of the best road starts we've seen them play because I do feel like uh, maybe a little bit of the pressure comes off, or maybe it's the reverse uh, impact. Uh, The pressure isn't even on, and you play a little bit more desperately. You play a little bit more daringly and try to get off to that big start. But hopefully that buoys the crown this weekend in toronto we're on the air at seven o'clock on saturday night 7 39 kick time between charlotte fc and toronto first of two consecutive road games toronto and real salt lake are next for the crown they will be back home on the 15th we hope to see you all then and be sure to also let us know where you're listening to us on our broadcast this weekend whether it's on our wfnz uh, app on our flagship station or across the three-state charlotte fc radio network for jessica charman i'm will Pelagic saying. Thanks so much for listening to Crown Corner, and we'll talk to you on the broadcast Saturday evening.